Island Local News on February 22nd, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. Lyme disease has been among the most perplexing of illnesses since it was given a name in the mid-1970s. It's difficult to diagnose early on using blood tests, and the myriad symptoms experienced by chronic sufferers of Lyme have proven difficult to pinpoint and treat, particularly if an initial Lyme infection was never confirmed. Beth Young in East End Beacon reports that Dr. George Dempsey, a primary care physician with East Hampton Family Medicine, has been working with his patients to provide data and blood samples to the Bay Area Lyme Foundation's Lyme Disease Biobank, where the samples are used to do research around the country. This month, Dr. Dempsey's office issued a call for anyone who is experiencing early-stage symptoms of Lyme, whether a patient in his practice or not, to donate a small sample of blood to the biobank and answer questions about their symptoms, after which they will receive a $50 gift card. Appointments can be made by calling 631 324-9200. Again, that number, 631-324-9200. In other news, lower-income energy customers who have been anxious to make the switch from fossil fuels to more efficient heat pumps for heating and cooling lost a big incentive to switch after PSEG this month said it would sharply reduce a popular rebate program. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that a notice sent to installers across Long Island on February 16 and obtained by Newsday said a prior rebate of $5,500 for the equipment would be reduced to $2,000 for low and moderate income customers. The reduction applies to cold climate air source heat pumps installed for a customer's entire house. In addition, a rebate for geothermal heat pumps for lower income customers would be reduced to $2,000 a ton from $5,500 a ton for Tier 1 projects and $4,000 a ton for Tier 2. Total systems can cost anywhere from $8,000 to more than $40,000 for geothermal systems. PSEG, in a statement, indicated the reason for the reduction was that LIPA's budget for the programs was depleting faster than anticipated. LIPA's budget for low-income heat pumps was $7.3 million for 2023, but customers quickly signed up for the programs. By Valentine's Day, PSEG said $2.7 million had been paid and another $10 million pre-approved. Quote, this total of $12.7 million is significantly above the approved budget, so PSEG Long Island reduced the rebates. PSEG said, noting that the new rebate levels for income level uh, eligible customers is double what non-income eligible customers would receive for the same installation. And finally, East Hampton Town Attorney John Jilnicki has told the town board he is ready to retire after nearly 35 years on the town's legal team. His is the latest in a string of departures of senior town staff who have retired since the start of the year, adding new challenges to the already mounting hurdles the town of East Hampton faces in hiring and retaining staff, especially experienced and highly qualified individuals suited to head up important town departments. Michael Wright reports on 27East.com that last week, the town board presented Ann Glennon with a proclamation thanking her for her 30 years of service to the town ahead of her retirement this month from her post as East Hampton Town's principal building inspector, the first woman to hold the position. In January, longtime head of the town's Department of Housing and Community Development, Tom Rule, and the town's maintenance supervisor, 
Tony Littman also retired after decades in the town's employ and long tenures as the heads of their respective departments. The departures come as the town of East Hampton is already faced with a number of vacancies across its union and non-union posts and has struggled to attract new and qualified candidates as cost of living on the South Fork soar and chronic traffic snarls piles on minutes by the dozen to commutes from points west and back home up island. In some cases, the town will be able to promote from within to fill the top posts. In others, it may have to cast a wide net and stack on financial incentives to find suitable replacements for departing veterans. Supervisor Peter Van Skoyek acknowledged such this week, quote, I don't think we can expect to see any savings, not in these circumstances. In some cases, it may even go to the other way. We may have to pay more. That remains to be seen. Reading the weather in Orient in honor of our next guest, more goods, Mary Latham, joining us at the bottom of the hour. Rain and sleet likely possibly mixed with snow, mainly after 5 p.m., increasing clouds with a high near 42 degrees. Northwest wind, 6 to 9 p, uh, miles per hour, becoming southwest in the afternoon tonight. Rain and sleet likely before 8 then snow, low around 55, uh, excuse me, low around 35 degrees. Light southeast wind becoming east, 9 to 14 miles per hour in the evening. Right now, it's 41 degrees, keeping the more good playlist running with uh, more good from Cordovas. Uh, very excited to co-host the next interview with Mercedes Edwards. If you missed her segment this morning, don't worry. You can find the episode archived on the WLIWFM website along with the playlist on WLIW.org slash radio. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. Yeah. 
Here in the Raiders. All right, we're bringing it. We're bringing it back in. Little Winston Irie, the Beach Boys, Lizzo and Jack Johnson on deck. Stay tuned. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises Thy name, O Most High. WLWFM. It's a good thing. It's a good, good thing. Praises to the most high, it's a good thing, it's a good, good thing. What a wonderful, wonderful thing to sing praises to the most high. It's a good thing to give. Thank 
conditions. She's giving me the excitations. I'm backing up. Softly smile, I know she must be kind. In her eyes, she goes with me to a blossom room. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm backing up good vibrations. Beach Boys, good vibrations, good good vibrations only inside the WLIWFM studio as we uh, lead into our Wednesday Wisdom segment underwritten by LTV Studios. It's a segment like none other because I have a co-host, the one and only Mercedes Edwards. Welcome back, Mercedes. Thank you. All right, so we have... Um, Mary Latham of More Good in the studio with us, and we're talking about the Buddhist idea of mudita. And uh, there's another uh, word we can use, compersion, and and just uh, to use some uh, parlance of this time in order to explain these ideas. It's when you love that for them. <laughs> and the the reason we bring these uh, ideas up is because 
it's a it's a core element of who Mary Latham is and the more good philosophy. This is a person who went to all 50 states uh, in the country in search of good news, good stories. Um, after after losing her mom, she went out looking for the goodness in all of us. And we not only love that for everyone. Well, yeah, we love that for everyone. We love that for ourselves. And we love that we finally have you in the chair here at the WLIW-FM studio. And in more good fashion, you brought another person just to make sure that more goodness came out of this vid- out of this visit for someone other than yourself. Yes, yeah, mudita. That's, that's like my favorite word from the trip that I learned in Seattle. It was getting joy from bringing other people joy, essentially. And so if there's ever opportunities to help people, then why not? <laughs> and it was so great when you reached out to me and you said, I met, I met this person. She has great energy. And let's make something happen. And we're making it happen right now. Mercedes, uh, I know that you're going to be doing uh, the interview here. So when you when you think about Mary and and uh, first of all, do you mind telling the story of your meeting and just take it away from me? To, uh, let's get this interview started. Oh, I'd love to. Go for it. I actually met her at Lucharitos when I was going there to visit. I was talking to her friend and they had just come from an event and she walks in the door and I'm like, I already know who this woman is. I'm like starstruck. She's like, she's like our town celebrity. Yes. So she's she walks in, she's talking to the girl that I'm sitting with and the whole time I'm just staring at her like, please. Please look at me. I just want to meet you. So we get introduced, and then my friend ends up leaving, and I'm like, I have to go say goodbye to this woman. And I didn't even have my phone on me. And we were talking, and she just, everything she was saying, she blew my mind. I went back to my car. I was like a giddy little girl, like, oh, my gosh, this girl just said that I have great energy. She said, I'm not going to serve tables anymore. She loves me. This is amazing. I just met her. This is so awesome. Like, she made my night. I was like, should I text her tonight? Should I wait until tomorrow? What's a good time? When's a bad time? What do I even say? How do I say it the nicest way possible? I, like, thought over our conversation, like, three times through. Um, But, yeah, it was a very – it was like I was in the right place at the right time because I wasn't even supposed to – I had no plans of being there that were set in stone. I just kind of ended weird? up there. Life does that to you. Yeah. But I did I did have a question that I just thought of. Um, I recently saw on your social media that you've been getting exposure overseas. So I was thinking, do you have any plans of doing anything internationally? That's what with I your wanted program? to ask that, especially with what's going on in Syria. Yeah. I'm like, we, can we bring more good global? Uh, yeah, I mean that would be um, that would be amazing. So someone actually reached out to me that was an English teacher in Paris um, months ago, and we tried to arrange that I could do a Zoom interview with his class. He has them interview a ton of different people actually, um, and they do these little stories. And I think the French government has like awarded them some type of, you know, given them some type of award because of all that they focus on people that are doing good work and they highlight their stories. And they've they've gotten acknowledgement for it. And I can't remember the name of exactly what it is that he calls that, that he works with his students to do. Uh-huh. But they do a ton of community service and all this amazing stuff. Um, and it's a vocational high school in Paris. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of – I'm trying to think if there's been anything else um, – international yet that was you know that was just a zoom interview but it would be cool i think right now i'm 
You gotta um, get that book. I gotta get the book first. done. Yeah, I keep like tangent lining and doing other projects, and right. I really need to like stay focused on finishing, finishing that first. But um, but yeah, it definitely gives you the momentum when you have those little side things, um, to keep doing the writing because it's been like the weirdest change to go from three years on the road in and out of strangers' homes every single day. You're right on and yes. talking to people and around people, and then to go into an apartment by yourself. And right, there had to it have was been like, like a crash too, too, like an adrenaline crash for a little bit. So you got to like move your way through that. First. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that um, it, you. I mean, I was like crashed the whole entire road trip. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was so tired and exhausted and overwhelmed. But you would go and meet someone, and every story was like three shots of espresso. Like you would just get so much energy from right. hearing someone else's story. So it was a lot of like fake energy. Looking like people were like, "Oh my gosh, you're so like." You have so much energy, and I'm like, I'm so tired (laughs) all the time. Running on fumes. Literally all the time, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the the writing coach that you mentioned and about uh, the process of of actually writing the book? Yeah, so someone uh, connected me to um, a writing therapist, which I didn't even know existed, and she said it really helped her um, just kind of work through her writing, and I think that you know, 98% of the stories I collected were so you know, shrouded in darkness and and tragedy and these emotional moments. And while I might show you just a little bit about their beautiful story in my writing, I had, you know, six hours in their home looking at scrapbooks of maybe their child that passed away. And it it was just very, very heavy all the time. And so, um, so it was great. She connected me to her. And during our first meeting of just figuring out what this work and stuff, you know, I submitted 10,000 words um, just so she could kind of get an idea of my story. And she said, you know, this is really beautiful. Like, you're a great writer. Like, you know, you caught me right in. Like, it was really nice. It was lovely to hear. I was like, okay, I'm not sure about all that. But she she definitely made me feel good about the writing. But then she said, but there's also this part of me that feels like you're not being vulnerable and vulnerable enough. And I was like, oh. And, you know, she said, I feel like, you know, why did you get in the car? Right. And I was like, well, you know, like, my mom said there was more good out there and I wanted to go look for it. And she was like, no, no. But- but why did you get in the car? And I was like, well, I guess, you know, I kept telling people in my writing, like in the way I worded it, even on little pamphlets I'd hand out before I left on the trip was, you know, my mom said there was more good out there and I'm going to go prove it. Like, you know, I'm going to prove it to you, but I think I needed to prove it to myself. Yes. And I thought that was a little bit better of an answer, but she was like, no, why did you get in the car? Like, do you know how many people would say that they were going to get in the car and do something like this and don't get in the car? You got in the car. It was like kind of like Goodwill Hunting when Robin Williams is like hugging him and he's like, it's not your fault. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, it's not your fault. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah. He's like, it's not your fault. And then they're like having this emotional. That's what I feel like. I was like, okay, I don't know. Why did I get in the? And I think I'm still figuring it out, honestly. Like, I think that through the writing, I'll have the answer by the end. I love this. I love this. And I especially love, first of all, from, from uh, as a writer, and and someone who has led workshops and been in good and bad workshops, that's a great workshopper. <laughs> because what works is equally as important at what as uh, what doesn't. Right. So she led with the good stuff, and then talked about you know uh, the critique part. Right. What what? And I think it's it's fascinating. That she's making you. Uh, I I love the idea of a writing therapist. Yeah, 
No, it's definitely it's good to balance like the good and the bad because I think that and she's making I was really being look, hesitant. That's well, the you vulnerability. You got to think about what she's also asking you to do is to grieve your mother, right? You know, because like she's saying, like, why why did you get in the car and then and why did you actually do it and then also the why behind what happened. It, I mean, grieving my mother and also grieving, like, all of these people's stories. The, right. Because it was, it was, and I think that's why it's been so hard to write, is because I have this idea of presenting this beautiful book to people to give them hope and make them feel better, but there was a lot of sadness and darkness, and the good always accompanies the bad. And just to touch on that, when I met Mercedes that night, it was the best thing, and it was so sweet, and I was so excited to help her, and then she left, and this creepy guy was just nonstop. And you know what? I'd like to shout out to Wally Sorensen right now, who was useless as a friend to help me with it. And he just kept bothering us. And I was trying to have a nice dinner with my friends. And he just kept and that, bothering that, me. That, and that so like, it's like the good and the bad. It always comes together. And you just have to learn how to the, hold it. the therapist is asking you to marry those two. Yeah. And is telling you that, that the bad, the tough, the hard, and the ugly is equally as important because you can't have one without the other, and that you got to figure out a way to get in that darkness, right? Into thread it into the story to make it richer, make it more real. And and it's just like it's such a fascinating thing. I don't yeah. know, I'm thinking just being in this space and listening to you guys talk, it's just amazing. I feel so inspired and so motivated. I'm so excited for the gray girls, by the way. <laughs> so, we were talking earlier, and I don't know what I was saying, but. But uh, Mercedes is like, yeah, I'm over here just, like, imagining the artwork for the Grey Girls. Uh, it's something – it reminds me of something that Delaney Hafner, who's who's um, a production manager – she's she's part of our team here. And she, she had something on her Insta recently where it was like, this is, like, a part of me where, like, I am thinking about something else but also paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> it's like – I was like, I understand you. Yeah. The doctors have always told me that my brain goes faster than my mouth. And I'm like, yeah, I could have five conversations at the same time. I'm listening. I'm also just thinking at yeah. the same time. Are you like, are you ADD type person? Definitely. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a superpower, friends. You know, like I know a lot of people like to knock it, but I am grateful. The skills that come out of managing that are exceptional. Yeah. It's hard to, like, make yourself do one thing and then when you do, to do it in a healthy way because in order to do one thing, you have to hyper-focus and, and then hours go by. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. More good stuff happening here in the WLIWFM studio. I love to live the Mary Latham way. The more good philosophy is a way that it feels beautiful to 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 dive into darkness and find the good stuff because you can't have one without the other. Yep. No mud, no lotus. Oh, <laughs> where'd you learn that one? That's, it's a book. Oh, okay. I don't know that one. Can you talk a little bit about learning about Mudita in, in Seattle? Uh, yeah, so it was actually the most amazing woman. Um, total stranger. She hosted me on Mother's Day. And... Um, I when I first arrived to her house, I remember I went to use the, like the powder room, and it was in a picture frame um, in the bathroom, and it said Mudita, and it said to, um, 
feel joy for someone else's joy, essentially. And the next morning was Mother's Day, and she woke me up, and she was wearing um, her more good T-shirt that I had given her, and oh. and a pink boa, and a cowboy sparkly hat, and like all this crazy clothes. And she had a cooler with some champagne, and she was like, "We're going paddleboarding to this island, and we're just we're not doing anything else today except for just celebrating." And that's the day. And I was like, "You're amazing." <laughs> and so, what was it like? How did you find your hosts? Because I, I have to imagine it was. Did you most of the time arrive somewhere? Not knowing, or would you you'd put your feelers out? A couple out? days in advance, at least I'd have okay. a plan. I wouldn't just like roll into a town and that's good. Go to the bar and be like, anyone want to take me? Yes, <laughs> there was definitely planning going yes. on. But um, but yeah, essentially, I um, you know, in the beginning, I made a video and said, if anyone has an aunt or a cousin or an old coworker in Pennsylvania or Texas or California, wherever, that would let me crash, um, you know, on their couch or in their guest room as I traveled through. Like, let me know. So people tagged some friends. They sent me emails and connected me. Um, but a, the majority of it, I mean, by the seventh home I stayed in in Rhode Island, the Providence Journal had done a little article about my journey. And a woman reached out and said, you know, my daughter just went to college, so we have a room. We'd love to host you. And so I ended up staying with her. And then that kind of started essentially so many people that just reached out from the news or a newspaper. And obviously, this was very stressful for my father. But I checked in with him every night Good. at 6 o'clock Good. Eastern time and uh, let him know I was still kicking. But, yeah, I basically just... It was kind of special to be able to stay with people that, I mean, if they were offering to host you, they really wanted to know what you were doing and what was going on. And then you would sometimes have that reprieve where you would stay with, you know, a friend of your sister's where you could just like have a cup of coffee and, you know, sit back for like three seconds and not feel like you had to be too on. Um, but most of the journey, yeah, you kind of just were. Where did you go? So can you can you map it out for us yeah, a little bit? Yeah, so I started on the Cross Sound Ferry and Connecticut was my first date. And I did all of New England, um, spent Christmas in Massachusetts um, with two nine-year-old twins who still believed in Santa Claus. I hope I'm not ruining it for anyone listening right now. Santa Claus? <laughs> all right, listen, I'm 35 and I still believe. Yeah, no, he's totally still out there. Um, but And then after Massachusetts, I went down to, I was in D.C. for New Year's and then kind of went all the way down to Florida and then up across uh, Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas, Arizona, Utah, then start shooting up to Wyoming, then down to California, and all the way up through California. Wait, 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 wait stop for a second. Can you tell me more about Wyoming? After reading The Horse Whisperer, which also has one of the most awkward phrases in it that I've ever read in any book, but Wyoming, is it Wyoming or Montana? Now I'm confused. It's been too long since both, I've read they're this They're similar book. states, I feel like. Um in that vibe so i mean either could be applicable but my brother actually just moved to wyoming really yeah Did and i'm pretty like... sure the state is closed right now because of the storm coming through oh um yeah they get some pretty severe winter but um but yeah he yes like, he beautiful loves it. it's very much his vibe his to vibe be out there but um colorado yeah, was a beautiful state to drive through it was beautiful yeah Colorado is a little different though. i feel like wyoming and montana they have that that similar vibe of still like you're out there just living off the land and like i don't know it's just it's colorado is a little bit more okay and sorry go ahead so so we're we're so wyoming in california actually, when i got there interestingly enough um i stayed with another amazing woman who totally mommed it was kind of like i found a lot of new moms across the country um that were just these amazing women um but yeah i got to i home. feel like that's relevant to your work with the writing therapist okay go ahead. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I got to that home, and they had uh, said they had a guest room, but they also had, like, a basement with a, its own bathroom and everything. Maybe I'd want that, you know, my own little space. So I was like, oh, that sounds wonderful. I put my bags downstairs. I, you know, got there kind of late, so I, I think I had a little dinner with them and then went to bed. And then in the morning, we had some coffee, and we're making plans for the day. She was going to drive me around and help me collect my stories. And she just had to make a phone call. So I went downstairs to get ready. And ha- my bag was half open at the time because um, I grabbed something out of it. So I unzipped the other half of it. And like a three-foot snake came out of my bag. And I nearly peed my pants. And a it living, slithered. Yes. Living, breathing slithered, snake. It was in the bag. Slithered across the doorway, which was the only doorway for me getting back up the stairs to get to her. And she was on the phone with her sister, like, on the second floor. So I just sat there for, like, 40 minutes. I was, like, on my phone FaceTime my friend. Okay. I was like, I don't know what this to is, do. I don't know what kind of snake this is. This is a snake that presumably either slithered into your bag or someone put it. No, it, it was it went into the bag. So what had happened was <gasps> she told me that they had been doing construction in the house and the, uh, the bathroom window had been open last week for a full day. So it must have come in there, which means you were sleeping it with had, snakes? I was sleeping with it. It had been in there the whole day. I guess it went into my bag. I don't know. I don't know what it was looking for. <laughs> It was like a hard, yeah. So that I mean, that didn't happen too much. I mean, definitely a lot of other <laughs> weird, crazy stuff. stories. Oh, but, I'm sure. But that one, I was. <laughs> it's for the "This Is How I Died" series. <laughs> <laughs> Snake bite in, in what Casper, Wyoming. Um, but yeah, so uh, but Wyoming, no, it was great. Um, all the states were great. I had a biased view because I was meeting amazing people that, um, not even so much were teaching me about the kindness that had happened to them, but kind of teaching me of the resilience of how they kept going after what happened to them. and Persevering in the face of adversity, my friends. Exactly. <laughs> what it's all about. All right, so I interrupted your, your journey map. So we're oh, in yeah. California. I mean, that was, so I pretty much, um, I really zigzagged. I have a map on my website, moregoodtoday.com, that, like, shows it. I was going to say, is... I saw the map recently, and at one point, like, somewhere in the Midwest, you kind of, like, backtracked, it looked like, a yes. lot. Yes, yeah, South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, was that, like, beautiful, or? Yes, that was, oh, my gosh, yeah, because that was in the Badlands, and it was just such a, um. The yeah. Badlands are more good. Yes. <laughs> it was just such a beautiful <laughs> more place good to in drive the Badlands. through. Yeah, and, uh. BT dubs. Alaska and Hawaii are obviously places that you got to. The Subaru didn't come with you, but that's all right. No, but it was cool because um, I had connected with Subaru, so they offered to like kind of help me get to those last two. Um, Whoa! Yeah, the vice president actually hosted me. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Dude, that's so cool. It was cool because the connection we have was like not like they weren't sponsoring me. You know, yeah. it wasn't that type of thing. We no, were but it, becoming it's family, like, it's like Subaru. It's still like... You know, it, it make, means that your Subaru really did yeah, get no, you it, to it those places. Yeah, it brought me to this one family. He was the vice president of Subaru of America, and um, he reached out to me thinking that, like, I had people that were going to, like, you know, if she has time, she'll stop by their headquarters kind of thing. I was like, nah, man, it's just me. It's just like, me. Like, this is a, I love this you. This is an organization of one. <laughs> I, I don't have any people. You. I do my website. Yes. I figure out the shirts. Yeah. I figure out... <laughs> You know, where the gas station is, the homes I stay in, everything. And so, um, so yeah, I ended up uh, staying in their home with them. And his wife had um, just had C. diff and this, like, near-death experience in the hospital Ooh. a couple um, weeks before I had arrived. And so we just, like, really bonded. And it was just, like, the timing of me getting into their home, what they did for me, what they say I did for them. They have a daughter, a younger daughter, who is my little sister now. And, um, 
And so it was just like, yeah, it was a really special connection. And and when I got to Anchorage, Alaska, they were going to um, give me a car to use for my time there. And the guy picked me up um, from the airport. And when we got back to the dealership so that I could say hi to a couple of them, he just handed me his keys. And he had a blue Subaru Outback, which my mom's car was a, a blue Outback. And he said, we didn't have any blue Outbacks in stock. And I wanted you to be able to keep on theme with your mission so you're, you can have my car. So I took his family car for two weeks over a thousand miles around Alaska. I didn't have to sign it. He just gave me his car. That is a beautiful story. It was crazy. So, yeah, and it made it, like I said, it made it more special and more of an intimate connection that I have now with Subaru. I love it. I love it. I love it. I am so grateful to have you here. I'm, uh, you know, we we have to get back to the music. So I'm going to let Mercedes button it up. But I do have one more question, which is, uh, we've got, speaking of buttoning up, you're going to be working on the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else is coming up? Is there anything else we should let folks know other than uh, moregoodtoday.com. Is that right? Yes. Other than the website. Um, yeah. I mean, do I have time to share quickly my yes. little story? Um, so one of the um, <laughs> one of the women that I met on my road trip um, was named Kelly. And she was in uh, Rockford, Illinois. And her youngest son had been diagnosed with cancer when he was 17 years old. And he got a make-a-wish. And the family went on, you know, a family vacation to Hawaii. And after his cancer came back and he was in remission, he he met another boy in the hospital named Nate. And they just happened to start talking. And he found out that Nate was diagnosed a month after his 18th birthday. And he didn't get a -A Make-A-Wish because Make-A-Wish is 3 to 18. He aged out. And so Nick got home and was telling his mother, Kelly, like, Mom, we got to help him. We got to get him. We got to help him. We got to help him. We got to help him. And Kelly was like... Nick, I'm just trying to help you right now. Like, I'm trying to figure this out. And so um, he kept bothering her. And anyway, a couple months later, um, the night before he was supposed to have this very simple procedure, he he brought it up again to his mom. He's like, can we please help Nate? Like, can we figure this out? And she's like, all right, let's just get through this procedure. Well, he ended up passing away during the procedure. Oh, my God. Total fluke. And so... Um, so it kept nagging at Kelly. And so she found Nate and his family. And she fundraised in her little community. He lived in Idaho. And, and she was in Illinois. And, and she got his family a wish. And it helped her so much with her grief that she decided to create something called Nick's Wish. Yeah, and, because that was Nick's Wish. Yeah, it was. And so kids 18 to 24 that are in that very awkward gap, you're not oh. really pediatric cancer, you're not you know, adult yet. And so she gives them wishes. And they're like $6,000 wishes that she's granted 300 wishes to kids now. And so one of her wishes is this kid, Joe Thompson, in Alabama. And she calls me a couple of weeks ago and she's telling me about this kid. She's like, I really want you to meet this kid, Joe. You know, he, his wish is to go to the Kentucky Derby. He has terminal brain cancer. He's 23. And um, and she's like, but he keeps nagging me about wanting to work for me instead. Like, he just wants to be part of Nick's wish and help and, like, help as many kids as he can and leave a legacy of good. And 23. Love it. And so, I absolutely love it. And so, um, so I was like, yeah, I should meet him. And I had told her before, you know, she... Staying in the people's homes on my road trip, you see a lot. And so I was seeing this woman, you know, she's at her nine to five in her regular job, working her butt off, but she's then staying up to like midnight and waking up early to to do this nonprofit. But and they, they don't pay themselves. It's all volunteer based nonprofit. And right. so she um just does so much work and I was like, We need something like Nick's Angels, like an angel in every state that can get the awareness out for you. So when she told me about Joe and how she was going to, like, you know, deem him the spokesperson in Alabama for her, I said, 
but what if he's the first angel? Mm. Plus Alabama is the first one in the song, of the state song. <laughs> so I said he could be the Alabama angel. So this past weekend, I flew down to meet Kelly so that we could finally meet Joe. And um, more... Mary with the brand awareness, you know. <laughs> and um, and more good today sponsored um, a $6,000 check so that Joe could actually grant a wish to someone while we were there. And so we went to a kid named Jarrell's house and granted him his wish, which is actually a family trip to Montana. <laughs> um, and so it was just such a cool thing to watch it all unfold, really, and just, and, you know, get, like, some media coverage of him and, and get him to be known as the Alabama Angel. And he's doing a fundraiser in March, and my dream is to get him. He has a $15,000 goal, and it would be so cool if I can promote enough to get him to his goal before the event even happens. So there'll be all the information on my website by this afternoon when I finally get myself organized on moregoodtoday.com. But it's the Alabama Angel, and um, and he's fundraising for more kids to get more wishes. Mercedes, if you want to uh, uh, take us into, do you want to? What do you want to? Do you want to say any? Do you have any words? <laughs> That's all right. There's she's there's speechless. Really, That's there's a good really, thing, right? <laughs> I understand because there really are no words for not only what Mary Latham does, but people like Kelly, people like Joe, uh, the Alabama Angel. Um, moregoodtoday.com for more information. A beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. I do have good people from Jack Johnson, but as promised, uh, first I'm going to play you Lizzo's Good as Hell from the Coconut Oil EP. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Mary Latham and Mercedes Edwards. This was the Wednesday Wisdom segment underwritten by LTV Studios. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Woo, child, tired of the bush. I'm dust your shoulders off. Keep it moving, yes, Lord. Trying to get some new shit in there. Swimwear going to the pool. Come now, come dry your eyes.
Good morning. All right. Leading you into the NPR news break with the one and only Nancy Atlas. Good day from the Matador record of 2005. Big, deep, 
bow to both of my guests this morning, Mary Latham and Mercedes Edwards, as well as our underwriter, LTV Studios, and all of you uh, listener supporters out there of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Have a more good day, my friends. We'll be back. Yeah, good day for me. of my favorite jeans Yeah, good day for me is a warm cup of joe and taking the time to drink it down slow No interruptions, please Tender. Yeah, good day. You see, and 